great. Okay. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for Anne. I thank you for the woman that she is. I thank you for the woman that you've created her to be. And I thank you for the gifting that she's got. And Father, I just pray that you will anoint her this evening as she speaks your word into our hearts. And Father, as she gives out, I pray that you will bless her in abundance as well. So Father, just come in power, I pray, and speak into each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. How lovely is that? Thank you, Ruth. That's great. Thank you. This Ruth and Ruth at the back who's doing our visuals. Well, hello, everyone. This is a great joy that I'm here, and uh, I've been invited to speak, and I've chosen the subject of hope. Have you noticed that most days we hope for something? Hope is one of those things we might say, oh, hope it doesn't rain today because I want to put my washing out. Oh, I really hope England will win the Rugby World Cup. Now, that could be very interesting. Oh, I, I hope Ellie, I, I hope she passes her exams. And oh, I really hope that that train will be on time so I can get to the airport and then the plane will be on time so that I hope the next plane will be waiting for me. Have a quick buzz. What do all those statements of hope express? Just have a little buzz with each other. Okay, what do you think all those statements express? Just call out. Sorry? Fear, absolutely. Expectation, but is it linked with something else? Lack of planning, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. What I'm looking for is uncertainty. Oh, I hope is going to be on time. Oh, I do hope she passes her exam. She's worked so hard. And yes, England's quite good as a rugby team, but you know, the, there's those New Zealanders, they might come across them or whatever. So often the hope we express actually hasn't got any kind of oomph to it. It's just a hope that actually may or may not happen. But tonight, we are talking about biblical hope. And biblical hope has huge depths to it. Um, there's not uncertainty attached to it, but actually, uh, very much, um, it's got some ballast. So let's uh, say this verse. This is the verse that I've based my talk on, and I'm going to ask you to read it together in the New International Version, and then we'll read it in another one. So, with gusto, let's declare what this says in Romans 15:13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're putting our trust in him, God our Father. 
This is the um, J.B. Phillips version. So again, we declare it. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in your faith, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, your whole life and outlook may be radiant with hope. What a wonderful prayer that we can pray for other people. And we're going to be working with that, and we're going to pray it, actually, for each other later. But it is a great prayer, and it's a great prayer because it's based and it's founded on truth, and that is very important. I don't know where you are in your life at the moment, on your life's journey, on your spiritual journey, your emotional journey. I don't know. But perhaps with a size of a group this size, maybe some of us are actually in a place that is very challenging. And maybe hope has just disappeared. God's people in the Bible, in the first part of the Bible, which we call the Old Testament, were in a bit of a situation. Uh, They had really turned their back on God, and he had allowed uh, their enemy just to take them away. And they found themselves in a place of captivity. And it was a place where they didn't have any hope. They felt totally displaced, and they had lost hope. And maybe they were just shuffling around. Um, They didn't like where they were. Uh, And they weren't really paying attention to God. They'd actually forgotten who God was. And then it's almost like in Isaiah, in chapter 40, which is a very important part in Isaiah. It's like God's megaphone from heaven. He's speaking to them. And he's basically saying, wake up. Do you not know? Have you not heard that I, I am the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. They'd got stuck, and maybe sometimes we feel stuck in our life. Maybe we know others who are stuck in a place which is quite desperate. He wanted them to know that he is the everlasting God because they had lost their identity. They'd basically forgotten who they were. They'd also uh, had lost their perspective on him, but also in life. They were in a place where they were moaning. They didn't like where they were at. And certainly, they had no hope for the future. And they were, oh, I've forgotten. I did have another one, but it's supposed to say joy and peace. They certainly didn't have any joy or peace. So he calls out to them, Have you not heard, do you not know that I am the everlasting God? Why do you complain? Why do you say this? Put your hope, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up and soar like eagles. They will run and not feel weary. They will walk and not feel faint. All these things can happen if we place our hope in God. He doesn't want us to be in that place, that desolate place, where there is no light, where it is quite lonely and quite bleak. He wanted to give his people confidence in his power. He wanted them to know that he cared for them. He wanted to give them strength 
He certainly wanted to give them stamina. And yes, he did want to give them joy and peace. Many of you know that uh, I'm the founder and director of ministry of the Well Christian Healing Center. And whilst all our prayer appointments really are confidential, I can share that many of our guests, anyone coming into the well um, is a guest. Many of our guests are in a really hard place quite a desolate place, a sun-scorched land. That's how uh, the Bible describes it in Isaiah 58, 11. It's like life has really scorched them, and it's like they have a desert inside. That might be through illness. It might be through a broken relationship. It might be through depression. It might be through um, people abusing them. It might be a place where they are just feel plain lonely, as if no one cares. Sometimes we feel as if the light has gone out of life. Uh, there's a verse in the Bible, uh, again in the first part of the Bible in Isaiah, and it's talking about a passage about Jesus Jesus is going to come quite a few generations later, but it's a, a passage that's forecasting that this amazing person, the Messiah, is going to come. And it says in Isaiah 42 that he's going to be a light for the Gentile. And then it says he will set the captive free and will release them from a dungeon of darkness. That's quite descriptive, isn't it? A dungeon of darkness. I wonder if any of you have experienced that place where it just feels like the light has totally gone out. A place of darkness, a place where you don't actually know what is going to happen next. Uh, many of our guests are in that place, not all of them. But it is a great joy for us on the Well team to be able to share that our God is a God of all hope hopefulness. I don't know whether you've come across or perhaps even sung that song written by Jan um, Strouther in 1931, Lord of all hopefulness. Lord of all joy, and it goes on how God can embrace us in whatever life situation we find ourselves in. And sometimes we do find ourselves in this place. Uh, again, in the first part of the Bible, in a book called Proverbs, it's some wise sayings. And here in Proverbs 13, 22, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sink but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. When we're in a hard place, if it feels like the lights have gone out, whether it's for us or a friend that we're supporting, a family member, when something that we have hoped for, when something that we have dreamt about, that we really thought was going to happen, when that doesn't happen, it's just like the mat, the carpet is just kind of taken from underneath our feet, and we end up in a heap. And when we haven't got hope, it makes us sick. It can make us sick in our body, can make us sick in our mind, it can make us sick in all our emotions. But when we have hope, it's like a tree of life. 
I don't know whether you go out in the country much, but there is nothing better than perhaps walking along a river and you see trees along the bank uh, over the um, bank holiday weekend. I was canoeing down in the Y Valley and it was amazing. We started uh, near uh, Hereford and as we went up, uh, canoeing. It was quite hard work. And the person at the back, I didn't think he was really doing his stuff at the back. I was doing all the work. We had words, but hey. Um, but we were in that part of the river that was just glorious. There weren't towpaths along. It was just basically banks of trees. And it was glorious. It was Oh, it would just lifted your spirit. You just wanted to sing because all these trees were just lining and there were loads of swans. It was just beautiful. And so the Bible says when we have hope, it's like a tree of life. We are flourishing and we're open and people can see our joy. But what happens when we do get into that place and life is life? Uh, bad things do happen, challenging situations do happen. What happens when we get into that place where everything falls apart? Now, I know some of you have heard my story. Uh, it was devastating. Quite a few years ago, on the 17th of July, I was going to get married in this church. I was going to walk up this aisle. But two days before the wedding, uh, the other woman turned up, and I didn't get married and from that moment, I just went into a place I'd never been in. I didn't know what it was like to feel desolate. I just, I had never, ever, yes, I'd had hard things happen to me, but I had never been in this place where I felt the whole of me had been completely shattered. Uh, I felt embarrassed for my parents. I felt shamed that they'd spent all this money on the wedding and it didn't happen. Uh, I felt, why did I get involved with that person? Why didn't I know that he was like that? I, I just really chastised myself and I lost really the will to live. And when I was in France, uh, I could have easily, and I actually contemplated um, stepping off a mountain. I just... I just didn't want to live. I was just in that total and utter place of hopelessness. It was a very dark place, and it was an unfamiliar place, a place I didn't, I kind of heard it existed, but I'd never been there. And I didn't know that it was possible to shed as many, many tears as I shed then. I was just like a ghost of me, and yes, I went back to work, yes, I did my job, but boy, did I need to get home in the evenings and somehow regroup, uh, somehow sleep, which I didn't, and then go out the next day. Uh, I was just going through the motions of life. I was like this heart, I was in bits. But I look back at that time, and it was a very, very special time, even though it was horrendous, because I met with Jesus in a way that I'd never met before. Because the night times particularly, and those of you who are in a hard place or have come out of one, you know that somehow sleep you just, it just avoids you. Uh, you look at the clock, and it's only five minutes since you last looked at it 
and it feels like the light night is so long. But it was in those, the darkness that I met Jesus in a very special and deep way because I felt he was saying, and I was struggling reading my Bible just because I didn't have the energy really, but I felt he was saying to me, I know, I know your pain, I know. And so whilst I didn't read reams of the Bible, I did look at those accounts of when he died on the cross, which we call the crucifixion. And I read his accounts, and I read this in Matthew 27, 48. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These words, these very words, are said by Jesus Christ. He was quoting one of the Psalms, the poems, in the, in the first part of the Bible, Psalm 22. But he was in an utter place of vulnerability. Uh, he didn't have that discreet loincloth. He would have been completely naked, which was despicable for a Jewish man. So vulnerable. And he was in an utter place of pain. He'd been abused. He'd got this crown of thorns. He'd been whipped. He was there, and the world went dark for three hours, and there weren't emergency lights. He really, really was in a place of darkness. And from his pain, even though God had worked out, God the Father, they'd worked out that that was the only way uh, to save the world, to help us come to know Father God, he still uttered these words. And I felt when Jesus said to me in the night, I know, I just thought, wow, you do. You're not a far off God out there who just says, oh, we'll get on with it. You're hurt. But here was a God who was actually saying to me, I know. I know your pain. I know your devastation. I know your vulnerability. And then if you read on, his, uh, there's seven sayings from the cross, but the last one is this, and Luke, the doctor, records this. He says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. And so despite the fact that he was in that place of vulnerability, pain, darkness, Jesus was still able to say, I'm going to trust all your promises. I'm going to trust that I'm here for a reason. I'm going to trust you, Father. I'm not going to turn my back on you because of this absolute pain. And so Jesus knows all about us. He's wired us up. You've only got to read Psalm 139, and he really, really knows all about us. And the Bible says that um, hope, the hope that God can give to us, is a supernatural uh, expectancy that what God has promised will come to pass in our life. He doesn't necessarily promise us a life full of good things without pain. He doesn't promise that. But he does promise so many other things. He promises that when we're in that place of unbelief, that he can meet us. Because that's what hopelessness does. Hopelessness also brings despair. It brings loneliness. It brings fear. It brings panic. It brings disappointment. And that place of hopelessness brings a sense of failure. 
And our God, our God who's made it possible for us to know Father God, as Jesus said to his disciples on the night before he died, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. It is through you, me, that you come to know my Father. That is hope, that is expectancy that Jesus Christ is the way. In many places in the Bible, it says in say, Hebrews 13, 5, never will I forsake you, never will I leave you. In Romans 8, that amazing passage, it talks time and time again that absolutely nothing, nothing will separate us from the love of God. That is hope that whatever is happening, that is hope about God is with us in the situation. And he is a supernatural God, and he's an awesome God. He's a God of breakthrough, and he is a God of light. So where there is darkness, Jesus can bring in light. I love Psalm 139 because it says, even the deepest darkness isn't dark to you. It means that he can bring us light. Some time ago, um, when I used to go out walking in, in the mornings, uh, I would see a woman who uh, often was on the other side of the road. Uh, she was really in her own world, and she looked quite sad. And uh, I would try and say hi, try and smile, but I just never got through. She was just very, very weighed down. And it was morning, quite early, not really the place to kind of get into a conversation. But after some time, I met her in town, and I had the opportunity of saying, I don't know quite how it went, but hi, I don't know if you know, but I often see you in the mornings, uh, perhaps when you're walking to work. Can't help but notice that you're often quite weighed down. Is there anything I can do to help you? You see, I am a Christian, and I believe that God can help us in all situations. And there was this look of sheer disbelief on her face, and it was like, you what? You believe that God can help me? Yeah, I do. Well, how? Well, um, he loves listening to us. And I just happened to run a healing center in town. If you came to the well, Augusta Place, if you came, we would listen to you, and we would uh, just listen and ask God to help you. Well, how can he help me? Well, I don't actually know, because I don't know your story, but I do know he's a God of love, and he's a God who cares, and a God who actually was a human being, and a God who was in a terrible place of pain. And she just was this are you sure he can help me? Yep, absolutely. You just come. I could pray for you now, but you could come to the well. Anyway, she did. And as I've said before, the prayer appointments are totally confidential. But I can share that her life was transformed by her telling her story and us praying for her. And as we prayed, hope kind of just hit her and lifted her up from a place of total despair. 
And maybe we know many people who are in that place where life is just very tough. And even if we're not in that place, isn't it amazing that we have such good news to share with others? It really is good news. And there are people all around us who don't know that they don't know about the love of God. I know what that place of devastation was. And Jesus, the light of the world, certainly pieced me back together and led me through as his word promises. Hope is very, very special. We have this painting. It's by Lindsay Atwood, a local artist. She lives in Kenilworth. Uh, we have special paintings in each of our prayer rooms. And uh, this is from Psalm 36.9. And uh, what it is, uh, there's lots of water themes through the paintings, but this one is actually light, but it has got fountain. For you, it talks about God creating the heavens. For you, God, you are the fountain of life the light by which we see. I don't know if you can see on the left-hand side, uh, there's a woman who's got, I don't know, woman or figure, it's got their hands up. And then one woman, I'm not a ballerina, I think I'm going to stand on my left leg and not my right, but she's kind of like that, and she's so happy. And sometimes when I'm in this prayer room and a guest tells their story, I will use this, I will talk them through. And I said, it's because of God. He is the light. He's going to get you through this. And I believe that you can be like those people on the left. I believe you can be in that absolute place of freedom because God is a God of promise. He never breaks a promise. But then it comes on to a question that we're going to look at tonight in a minute in our prayer activity. Have we got that supernatural hope inside us that actually God is going to lead us forward? Sometimes we haven't because somebody or some situation has stolen it from us. And we're going to contemplate that uh, in a moment. I wonder if you recognize this place. It was on the news quite a lot in the summer. Uh, it's a reservoir. And it became a very famous reservoir for the wrong reasons. It's Whaley Bridge. And uh, in the summer, we heard how um, the weather had really um, disrupted the um, one side of it, and it was leaking. And it holds, I think it's 300 million gallons of water. And that community, there are 1,500 people living in it. And they just didn't know whether the wall was going to hold or not. And so they had to empty it. Well, our God is a God of supernatural hope and strength. And his hope is like a reservoir. And he can put that hope totally within us. And he can give us emotional strength to face whatever we're back to this verse again. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in your faith, that by the power, and it is the power of the Holy Spirit, your whole life and outlook may be radiant with hope. That is a gift God wants to give to us. When I was working with Liz, uh, one of my team last year, we were doing something on light of the world, and she came up with this phrase, statement, and I thought, oh, that's really good. Our faith is like the wick 
connecting us to the power of God and revealing his presence in our lives. Faith as a wick, soaked in the oil of hope, burning with a flame of love. That's profound. That's very deep. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now these three remain. It's faith, it's hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love, and God is love. Look at this painting. I'm nearly coming to the end here. Uh, it's actually a photograph rather than painting. Um, that guy is just standing in the doorway. There seems to be a storm totally around the lighthouse, and he's just kind of just... Oh, yes, a bit of, bit of rough weather around, yes, yes. That can be us. That's what God wants us to be like. He says, doesn't he, in Psalm 46, that he is our rock, he is our refuge in a time of trouble. And it's possible to have the storm of life that's trying to rob us of hope, but it's possible to be like that guy with hands in pockets just having a look around. We don't know how God's going to get us through it, but we do know he's a God who never gives up on us. He's always present. He is light of the world, and he's king, and he's ruler, and he's a breakthrough God. That is the Christian hope. It's not, oh, maybe God can do something, or I hope he does. He will. He is a deliverer. So what do we do to be in that place of hope? Maybe... We need to confess that perhaps we've let unbelief or despair dominate our life. Let's declare the promises of God over our life, that he is the light of the world, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And let us, let the Holy Spirit meet us at our deepest point of need and give us peace and joy despite the storm all around us. We're going to listen to a song by Elsa Turner, and it's called, This Is My Prayer For You. It's a beautiful song, and let the words just minister to you, and then we'll go into a time of praying for each other, and also we will be uh, offering anointing prayer uh, for you as well. Okay. 
is greater than whatever situation we find ourselves in and that's a message for us but also for those that we are journeying with. So we're going to come to a time in streams we always like to take what we've heard and to make it into a prayer. And so as you came in, you were given a little bit of paper. Uh, some, some of you have got a little cartoon character, a little thief on it, uh, rather like uh, this. And we're just gonna give you a few moments just to think, has anyone or anything stolen your hope? Has anyone put you in a place of disbelief. Maybe you've forgotten how great God is. The team are just coming around with paper and pens. We're just going to give you a moment to think about that because sometimes when we are challenged by God, it's good to act. And you'll see there's a number of crosses around. There's one there, there's one at the back, one there, and one on the side. There's four different crosses. And it may be, well, we're inviting you to drop that at the cross, to place it at the cross. And it's like you're confessing, God, I have allowed this to rob me of hope. I've allowed this to rob me of peace and joy. And then when you've done that, and for some of you it might be hard to even place it at the cross because 
you're kind of admitting something. And then the team uh, who've got badges, they're around and they've got little uh, oil jars. And what they would love to do is to uh, read. They're going to give you a card, which is your gift, because we love giving gifts um, within streams. And they're going to give you a card, and it's uh, a, a photograph my friend took when uh, they were going across to Iona. And, the, and a yacht is just at the sort of the bottom of the rainbow. And the rainbow, often in the Bible, means promise. And so they'd like to give you that card and to pray this blessing over you. And then you're invited to go and sit, and they'll give you another piece uh, of paper with another blessing prayer. And it may be that in twos and threes, you would like to get together, and you bless each other with the gift of hope, because it is a supernatural gift. And we just want you to experience that tonight, so that when you go back to your situations, you go in a place of spiritual expectancy that God is going to bring you into that place of hope, joy, and peace. So, a few moments. Ruth, I don't know uh, on the desk if you've got some Ruth Fazell music, some gentle instrumental music.